Hello, everybody. Tom Block, Keith Jones. Certainly not going to start with good day after that news. You're going to get a raw front row Knowles here because this is a pressing record about a minute and a half uh, or two minutes after the uh, playoff selections were announced. Uh, Keith, you want to go first on this one or you want me to go first? Well, first of all, I'll go first. Uh, I'm a little under the weather, so I apologize to our listeners for my voice. Um, Tommy, I'm 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 heartbroken. I'm disappointed. But there is a part of me that concedes that maybe this is the right thing to do, but for all the wrong reasons. And my, my, my rationale is I just don't think this Florida State team without Jordan Travis would represent itself well. And 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 so selfishly, there's a point, part of me saying, let's get into a bowl game. Let's get something that's a little unique and let's let this season be done for for 14 and 0 and what Travis Jordan meant to this program. And let's be able to bitch and complain about not getting in the playoff while we're undefeated as opposed to playing Michigan and getting beat by 28. See, I don't think they would get beat by 20. I don't think anybody's beating them by 28 with that defense. And they actually, in my opinion, and the bowl's not announced as we're talking, they're likely to play Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Now, who knows about opt-outs, and we'll worry about the bowl down the road. I, I will concede that you can make the argument that's been made about Florida State without Jordan Travis, but I think it's an absolute travesty that you can go unbeaten. It, it really is not that hard. Like, here you are, you're unbeaten, you won the conference champ. The first three in there should have been the unbeaten teams, and they should have flipped a coin and debated every stat they wanted to debate over Texas and Alabama, which that really wasn't debatable either because Texas beat Alabama by 10 in Tuscaloosa. It just should not have been – it should not have come down to this. It's been a bad system since they put it in place, and Florida State's the one that's getting screwed by it. And to your and point I, about and being – And I don't disagree with that at all. I'm being totally, yeah. totally selfish. Because I sat through that game last night going, please, please, please find a way to just do enough offensively uh, to, 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 get, to get this win out. And uh, I, never, I never personally processed, you and I have not talked about this, I've never personally processed in my 40-something years following Florida State that a single player – was that valuable to the program. It's always been about the collective unit. And um, and my, my, my point's not negative. My point is positive that uh, Jordan Travis is going to leave here without a Heisman and without a national championship and, and might be the most valuable quarterback Florida State's had in its history. For me, the really hard part, and I don't disagree, I love Jordan. The team was watching this at the Champions Club, and I can't imagine that there's uh, – even Jordan as positive as he is, I can't imagine there's much positivity coming from that room. Mike Norvell was pretty adamant last night when he met the media. He didn't really think there was a conversation, and I, I was where he was. I thought this was a bunch of made-for-TV stuff and uh, that it would come down to Alabama or Texas, and the committee would choose Texas. Or choose Alabama and Texas would be upset. But instead, you basically have two SEC teams in there because Texas joins the league next year. I think the shame of it to me is that the country saw Tate Rodemaker play one game in a very tough environment. 
And Florida State managed the game according to their opponent, which is to say they knew they didn't have to score 30 points to win that football game. So they played conservatively. Tate didn't have great numbers or look great. And the assumption is that that's the best you can see from Tate. The reality is, had Tate played last night, Florida State wins that game by three touchdowns at least, I think. He's a competent quarterback that can move the offense. He's not a Heisman candidate like Jordan Travis, but he's a guy that can throw for 280 yards and two or three scores and maybe one pick. And we'll never know that because we didn't get that opportunity to see him. And I I think that's a shame. And I guess what I would say is, and it's just timing, but if we took a one-game sample size of uh, Alabama's quarterback, uh, how did that look? Because they benched him the next game. And that's what happened there. So, uh, you know, they got a few, they got several more games and obviously he came around. Who's to say that Tate wouldn't? I just, uh, there's so many ramifications to this. To the folks on Tobacco Road that are more interested in the non-conference basketball schedule and games that are played in November and December, the folks that hate Florida State because it wants to leave the league over financial reasons, At the end of the day, and you and I have talked about this, Keith, I think the thing that most exhausts Florida State fans is they are just tired of having to defend the program and try to prop up the ACC. We've been doing it since 1991, 92, when FSU started playing football, and it is just exhausting. The SEC's best out-of-conference win this year was uh, Kentucky beating Louisville. Florida State just beat Louisville with its third, I mean, beat uh, the same team with its third string quarterback. Florida State beat uh, LSU worse than Alabama beat LSU. I mean, you can go down. The SEC was four and six against the ACC this year. None of the history or the heritage uh, over the years for the SEC should matter. Georgia had a 29 game winning streak, but that wasn't all this year. You judge Georgia on what happened this year. And I just think it was a system that was set up to have this happen in Florida State, unfortunately is the victim of it. I don't know what the bowl game is going to look like because candidly, and now this is a team, but, and and the guys opted into the bowl game for the most part last year. I don't know how many of those guys are going to opt into the bowl game this year. And it's, I mean, I guess it's just disappointing that the season feels like it's over to me. And what you see in the bowl game is really the start of, of 2024 because potentially you're looking I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the guys are going to do, but potentially you're looking at, Two receivers gone, Jaheim Bell opting out, Trey Benson opting out, Jordan out. I mean, you're looking at what your team is going to be for next year. Uh, that wouldn't have happened if you were in the playoffs. And and back to the point about being selfish, Keith, I, I agree. I, I'm being selfish on it. I've been around this program a long time, and I've been fortunate enough to go to, I think I've been to seven or eight national championship games, not all of them Florida State. Um, so I hate it for those players and those coaches and everybody that's connected to the program who pours uh, the the amount of effort that goes into what they do for this to be the result. It is a kick uh, below the navel uh, repeatedly is honestly what it feels like right about now. (laughs) Don't, don't disagree with any of that, brother. I mean, I, I, I hate it for the kids that came back and, and, and did everything they, they could do. I hope our listeners don't misunderstand anything I'm saying. Florida state did everything it could do. You go out, you win a ball game, uh, you play a game, you win a game. The problem is when you only have two or you only have four, when you have a limited number of, of, of spots, then what happens on the field can't be the only thing that decides 
the, and, and makes a decision. That's why moving to 12 teams, you know, we'll, we'll have a similar conversation later on two years, three years, five years from now about why number 13 versus number 14 versus number 11 versus number 12. But it won't be over these types of situations where Florida State is an undefeated Power Five conference champion, and it's the first time in the history of the CFP they didn't get in. So I I, I, I feel for all that. I hate it. I hate it for the players. Uh, I hate it for the coaches. Um, to the degree that, you know, our fans have been unbelievable this year and continue to be, I hate it for them. Um, it's just, it's just sickening. Um, but again, um, at, at the risk of annoying you and others, I, I, I hate it, but I'm not necessarily surprised by it. Yeah. Well, you certainly have been worried for a few weeks and I got more worried as it got closer because I started listening to the talking heads. Somebody was going to feel this way. It sucks that it's Florida state that feels this way. Right, no question right, about that. Right. Um, what will be different with the 12 team playoff? Yes, there will be debate about teams 10 through 16, but no longer will you will you be prevented from controlling your own destiny, which is what's happening right now. You've got 13 people sitting in a room that ultimately decide. And from here forward, if you win your conference, whether you're 13 and 0 or 9 and 4 at that point, and I don't want to hear about people complaining, oh, a 9 and 4 team shouldn't be in. I mean, every league and every sport at every level has a playoff where the results on the field matter. And Alabama's result did not matter, as it turns out. Texas's result losing to Oklahoma did not matter because we had a beauty contest. But at least going forward from here, if Florida State wins the league, they'll be in. I think, I, I don't know, I just can't imagine how devastated that team is. Keith, the team charter landed at 3.09 in the morning after that game. And uh, they made an announcement before the flight took off that there would be the team would meet at the Champions Club at 11 a.m. They said, we're announcing this now before you guys fall asleep. 11 a.m. Champions Club. We'll have a meeting. We'll watch the show. and We'll get back to work. Who in that building wants to get back to work right now, KJ? Not, I mean, not it's, right now. Not right now. No. And, and, and I, I tell you, it's going to take a, a, a really, really good um, mindset. Um, for this team to re recalculate, re um, collaborate, calibrate, whatever the right words are, uh, because you know I really hadn't processed you. You're you're astute being a little bit ahead of me. Um, I hadn't really processed about what Florida State kids may opt out of the bowl since it doesn't have um, you know a national championship component to it. Um, I will be surprised. I will not be shocked if a number of them stay in, just given the, the 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 quality of their commitment to the program. But I hadn't really even thought about that aspect. Uh, so that'll be interesting as the as the days and a couple of weeks progress. Well, I mean, if you want to extend it, I mentioned you know you got both starting receivers, starting tight end, you're starting running back. Some of the the offensive linemen. They're not necessarily projected to be draft picks. It might suit them to uh, to continue to play. And then again, they got a lot of tape out there, and they might say, "I'm getting ready for the NFL." But defensively, you're talking about Verse, you're talking about Fisk, you're talking about Fabian Lovett, you're talking about both linebackers in Bethune and Deloach, you're talking about Renardo Green and Akeem Dent. 
Uh, Fentrell Cypress maybe is coming back, so maybe he continues to play. Jarian Jones. I mean, you're looking at all the guys who could be drafted, which is somewhere between 10 and 15, really. I mean, the, the tape that those defensive guys put out the last couple weeks, Keith, this is another shame of it. We haven't even mentioned the game. I can't remember the last time I saw an FSU defense play a game like that, KJ. The last time an FSU defense played a game like that was in 2013 at Clemson. Yeah. And and subject to that, I don't know the other one. And I played on some pretty good teams in my era. In other words, that might have been the, the second or third best defensive performance by a Florida State defensive unit in a ball game. I heard some people mention the uh, Nebraska game you played in going back. The two that came to mind for me, one of them was the 98 Florida game here uh, at, at Doe Campbell, the one Marcus Outson played. So there were similarities in that you had a backup quarterback. But the other side of that is that, uh, and you also, you had a quarterback, you know, who wasn't that experienced. He, he got away with some bad throws, a la the one that deflected and Peter Wark scored a touchdown, and Brock Glenn clearly got away with some bad throws that should have been picked. They didn't have the same result positive for FSU. But defensively, that was a game where Mickey rushed three and dropped eight, and Doug Johnson was a good quarterback. He was an NFL quarterback, and they just simply shut down a really good Florida team. I don't remember how many sacks they had. And the other one that came to mind was the, the 97 game in Chapel Hill when North Carolina and FSU were back in, both in the top five. It was the, the first game in the history of ACC football where both teams were in the top five. And everybody was talking about Mac Brown and North Carolina. And FSU had eight sacks, broke the starting quarterback's leg. Not that that's a brag point, but, I mean, just completely dominated that game. I think it was Oscar Davenport. Anyway, uh, it's a little solace, but that was a fantastic performance last night defensively. And uh, it just sucks. There's there's no way to say it, Keith. I mean, if you if you held a vote, maybe not. I, I will say this. Mike Norvell is as positive a – uh, a guy and he's consistent and he's the same, but this has got to hurt him to his core too. But if anybody can get this team motivated and focused to do something, uh, it would be him. I, I'll spin it this way, Keith. I don't honestly know the rules. You, you've got two major polls, right? Are they both required to vote the winner of the playoff as the national champion? Tommy, I'm like you. I don't know the answer to that. Maybe I should, but I do not know the answer to that. I'm just telling you that if FSU wins its bowl game and is 14-0, and 0, they can find a national title to claim, even if it's the front row Knowles national champion for the 2023 football season. We'll get them a trophy, Keith. We'll put it up in the Moore Center, and we'll claim it. Well, and that's why I made my comment earlier. Uh, and, again, I don't need, mean to be argumentative. I'm just stating, you know, with, with everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks, uh, the injuries and you know, to, to, to Travis – you know, there's there is a part of me that that would relish in a, a Florida State team going to the bowl if they end up playing Georgia. That's fine, uh, and beating Georgia, the two-time uh, consecutive national championship team that had a twenty-nine and zero streak that was uh, snapped by Alabama. There, there's something uh, comforting to me, Tommy, that you could win that game, beat Georgia, be fourteen and zero. And, and wear with pride that you got snubbed. Um, maybe that's wrongful thinking on my part or crazy thinking on my part, uh, but that would certainly make this team very, very memorable. And I really, really hope 
um, Seminole Nation can appreciate how good this season has been and how much this team needs to be valued uh, when we think about it a year from now, three years from now, ten years from now. I'm looking at an ESPN article, and it does say FSU will play Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Now, Georgia will have the same situation on opt-outs. They may have – I mean, they're going to have more NFL guys than, than FSU. I don't know. Somebody was going to get a raw deal, and uh, unfortunately it's Florida State. I, I don't – I'm just well, – here, here, Here's your balance, Tommy. Here's your balance. Let's go back 27 months, 28 months. And 27 or 28 months ago, we had just been defeated by Jacksonville State. And we wondered, would we ever be in a position to worry about making a playoff? That is a remarkable turnaround that Coach Norvell, his staff, and these players have orchestrated. So getting getting screwed by the playoff committee doesn't take away anything from what Florida State's been able to rebuild um, over the last 24, 28 months. That's what we need to focus on. That's what we need to latch on to. That's what well, we need to be proud of. I, ultimately, you're right. Well, we're, there's still a lot to be proud of with this team. I mean, these guys, uh, the culture that Norvell and company have built is unbelievable. Uh, and the way they fight for one another. Um, but this one is a really tough pill to swallow. And, you know, the SEC has dominated the playoffs. And most years, even if I didn't like it, I think you can say rightly so because they dominate the non-conference. This is not a year where they did that. Their their body of work was not what it normally is. And, again, I, I'm repeating myself, but the fact that Georgia won the national title last year or the year before not part of the equation. The fact that Alabama's won six national titles under Saban, or however many it is, you can't factor in that heritage but uh, in history, but you know that subconsciously the committee is thinking about that, that they have to put them in. And I think, I, I really think, Keith, and I have no idea how FSU is planning to get out of the grant of rights, but going back to that point, if ever you needed an impetus to get out of the league that's doing nothing for your football fortunes, uh, I think that it's right there. I, I mean, uh, you, I, you made that you made that comment earlier, um, and I made the decision not to address it because you and I have had some really, really both agreeable and disagreeable conversations. Most of the time, agreeable, we are in agreement about how handicapped we are in the ACC. Um, but I can go way past the the the, the pendulum to the right. If Florida State was not in the ACC in 2023, they would be in the college playoff. You mean as an independent or if they were a Big Ten or an SEC school? Any. In other words, FSU got handicapped and screwed this year by being a member of the ACC. Well, that's my point, and I'm not suggesting you announce tomorrow you're leaving and you take your ball and go home, but I am saying if you had kind of put it on pause to figure out how you're getting there, there there's a lot of – here's another thing, Keith, and I, I don't know where you are on this, honestly. I know culturally Florida State is a better fit in the SEC. It's located in the heart of SEC territory. There's more money in the Big Ten, and – there's been a lot of groundswell that the Big Ten wants FSU and to get into the state of Florida. And uh, 
I'm not opposed to it. I, I'm really not opposed to it. The the SEC, uh, I just think it's going to be really interesting. We've had the SEC dominance, but when you look at what the Big Ten is now, if you're Florida State and you get in there and you're playing some combination of Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA, four of those games a year plus Florida and Miami, who cares if the other five games are against Purdue versus Mississippi State or Northwestern instead of Vanderbilt? I mean, those are high-profile national games. And, and again, Disney and ESPN are not exactly uh, raking in the dollars right now, and Fox is in better position because they're not dependent on the subscriber feed given that they put their college product over the air. I, I don't know how soon it's going to happen, but I know this. I know this, the Tobacco Road, because I pay attention to the media and listen to it, and they all, how dare FSU complain about our league? This is why FSU's complained about the league, because no, the league commissioner did not make a statement supporting FSU for the college football playoff until last night after the game at like 12.15 in the rain in Charlotte. The SEC commissioner was on ESPN for an infomercial for 30 minutes, quoting Sesame Street about one of these is different than the other. The SEC got proactive. LSU and has been campaigning for Jaden Daniels. They have billboards all across the country. They had them in Las Vegas. The SEC sells its product. The ACC sits back and talks about Duke and North Carolina basketball. And that's what this league is. And Florida State was up by double digits against North Carolina in basketball yesterday in, in, uh, in Chapel Hill. And uh, Leonard and, and and the guys fought, fell short by eight points, but took them it, it took them down to the line. And Duke lost yesterday. Duke basketball lost yesterday, I think, to an unranked opponent. So, what has basketball done for us lately? Do you want me to point out once again that the ACC, if they cared about football, wouldn't let Duke and Carolina play basketball games on the day of the ACC championship game in football? Just honor that day and keep it holy. Well, uh, and here's where you and I might disagree. No, no. Let's acknowledge that football is important. Let's make the basketball teams play on Friday night before the championship game in Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I just – I can't imagine what's going through Michael Alford's mind, Mike Norvell's mind, Peter Collins' mind, the, the chair of the Board of Trustees. Well, I can assure you, and a couple of things have crossed, crossed my screen. I don't know if you've seen them, but I'm pretty sure Alford has already offered a statement while we're taping this. We can go back and, and, and look, but I'll be willing to bet you there's something already out there from Michael Alford. Yeah, let me uh, – I've had trouble. Uh, for some reason, my laptop, which I brought back from Charlotte, I can't get connected to the Internet. So I'm on my wife's computer now. Let me see if I can. Well, maybe your maybe your laptop is suffering from a concussion from the Florida game too. You talk about bad luck. Isn't By the so? way, how, how was that not targeting on Louisville when Brock Glenn got hit last night and they reviewed it? Because he, he he actually hit the shoulder first. That Did was, he? I'm, okay. not, I'm not defending. I'm not defending. I'm saying that was the explanation. Gotcha. But 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 Tommy, here's the other thing. It was freaking spearing. He yeah. should have been called from spearing. I don't. I, I know. I know. Spearing is not a foul anymore. Okay, but spearing is spearing. You can't do it. All right. Here's Michael Alford's statement. You were right, KJ. 
This is uh, on Seminoles.com. This is, I'm reading directly. The consequences of giving in to a narrative of the moment are destructive, far-reaching, and permanent, not just for Florida State, but college football as a whole. The argument of whether a team is the most deserving or best is a false equivalence. It renders the season up to yesterday irrelevant and significantly damages the legitimacy of the college football playoff. The 2023 Florida State Seminoles are the epitome of a total team. To eliminate them from a chance to compete for a national championship is an unwarranted injustice that shows complete disregard and disrespect for their performance and accomplishments. It is unforgivable. The fact that this team has continued to close out victories in dominant fashion facing our current quarterback situation should have enhanced our case to get a playoff berth earned on the field. Instead, the committee decided to elevate themselves and make history today by departing from what makes this sport great by excluding an undefeated Power 5 conference champion for the first time since the advent of the BCS-CFP era that began 25 years ago. This ridiculous decision is a departure from the competitive expectations that have stood the test of time in college football. Wins matter. Losses matter. Those that compete in the arena know this. Those on the committee who also competed in the sport and should have known this have forgotten it. Today, they changed the way success is assessed in college football from a tangible metric winning on the field to an intangible, subjective one. Evidently, predicting the future matters more. For many of us, today's decision by the committee has forever damaged the credibility of the institution that is the college football playoff. And, saddest of all, it was self-inflicted. They chose predictive competitiveness over proven performance, subjectivity over fact. They have become a committee of prognosticators. They have abandoned their responsibility by discarding their purpose to evaluate performance on the field. Our players, coaches, and fans, as well as those who love this sport, deserve better. The committee failed college football today. End quote. My first reaction to that, Keith, is that Michael Alford might have written that on the flight home or earlier this morning because that didn't just come out in uh, the two minutes after. That is a strong statement. But that's my point, Tommy. We all knew this was a possibility. We did. We and did. that is what is so, so frustrating. I think, Keith, I feel like the narrative had started to change even before Jordan got hurt. To FSU didn't play that well against Pitt, and they barely beat Miami, and the games were getting closer because FSU wasn't scoring as many points. The reality is, Keith, this entire team is hurt. They they haven't had their two starting tackles. They played a little. They played the second quarter last night. Trey Benson was nicked. Uh, Keon is not the same guy. Jaheim Bell's been hurt for half the season. Uh, Jordan Travis is out, obviously. I mean, just go right on down. Now, I know a lot of guys are nicked, but I, I, I just, I'm 100% convinced that if they went to the playoff and got Tate back and got a couple weeks of rest for those guys, it would be a much better offense. And we'll, we'll never know the answer to that. We'll, no, we'll never and, know the answer. And you and I talked after the Florida game, you know, with just one, <clears throat> pardon me, one week to get a newer quarterback, you know, I mean, this wasn't Brad Johnson and Casey Weldon, where each one of them had, you know, a number of starts under their belt when Mark Rick made the decision to go with Casey over Brad. Tate just didn't have that many snaps. He was forced into that. So you had one week to get ready, and it was against your rival in Florida. So whether Coach Norvell and the coaching staff would appropriately, or, or even if I'm wrong, admit to it, they were very conservative. They were very methodical. They put it together. Well, once you got that game under your belt, if he had been available for Louisville, 
it would have just been a wholly a much different environment. Who knows what they might have been able to accomplish? Uh, you know, and the argument was made, forgive me, I don't remember the names. Tom will bail me out on this, listeners. But, you know, Ohio State went through the same thing when their starting quarterback went down. And, oh, by the way, the number two guy at Ohio State, he's pretty good. He came in and did quite well for himself. Well, the number two guy at FSU is going to be pretty good. He just didn't get the opportunity to do it against Louisville. Yeah, it was Cardell Jones. They actually got to their third string guy that year. The difference was they won like 59 and nothing in the Big Ten championship or something, so they put him in. Uh, but that Ohio State team also had a loss that year, earlier that year. So it's a little bit of apples and oranges there. They lost to a, a mediocre Virginia Tech team, if, if memory serves. They also should have lost in the championship game, but we'll bring that up another time. I don't know. Uh, I just hate everything about I mean, honestly, Keith, as I know we're, we're afraid of big, bad Michigan, right, because they've got this big offensive line. I don't know if Michigan's any good. The Big Ten is terrible this year. They beat Penn State, and they beat Ohio State. Ohio State's best win, uh, if you're not going to say Penn State, is that they won at Notre Dame when that controversial ending or whatever, when Notre Dame only had 10 guys on the field, right? Louisville beat Notre Dame. Exactly. Louisville crushed Notre Dame. That's my point. Like, you know, this came down to Florida State against Alabama and Texas. I mean, if you look at Florida State versus Michigan, I'm not sure Michigan's done anything more. Florida State had more total yards last night against Louisville with its third-team quarterback than Michigan had against Iowa with its first-team quarterback. You know, I mean, we can pull out stats till we're blue in the face on this. And, uh, you know, college football has never gotten this right. I mean, we can go back to 2000. FSU lost to Miami in the regular season, but this was the BCS days. They got into the playoff because overall their body of work was better, and Miami fans, I'm sure, are still quite bitter about that. Now, FSU didn't win a title that year. They lost to Oklahoma. 1996, because God forbid the Rose Bowl not have it, the sunset at the right time and the Pac-12 and the Big 12, not the Big 12, the Big 10 are so married to that, they wouldn't let their teams go to another game. So instead of Florida State playing Arizona State and Jake Plummer, a team they would have defeated, they had to play that Florida team again after they just beat them and Florida won a national title. So it, it's been a bad it's gotten better, but the fact that it takes decades to improve it when there's a pretty obvious recipe for that. I mean, they've been doing this at the, at the FCS level for how long, Keith, how long has FCS been playing playoffs? As long as they've been spelling it FCS with capital letters. Right. Right. So, I I mean, at the core, you've, you know, we, we bring out this argument about, Oh, it's too much wear and tear on the players and the academics and it, whatever. The bowl games have been in the way for all these years and protecting the bowl system. And and so it's taken this time to slowly integrate playoffs into the bowls and get there. Uh, I mean, again, at least next year, if you win your conference, you're in. Unless, of course, what is it? They're going to change it to to five automatic bids and seven seven at large is where that's going to go, Keith? That appears to be... Right. So if the ACC is lower ranked than a a group of five conference, you could win the ACC and still not be there technically, I think. Not a clue. I don't know. It's just uh, the other irony that's just salt in the wound. You know, we don't want to see success for the Gators in Miami, but if each of them was, if Florida was bowl eligible and Miami had won one more game this year, your strength of schedule is a little bit better, right? 
Yep. I mean, that's Clemson, why one of, one, you know, one of the things we've always said, we hate Florida, we hate Miami, but as you get older, uh, you, you appreciate the fact that you really like both of them to be undefeated when you beat them so that it really means something besides the rivalry. Yeah. I don't know, Keith, we can continue to bemoan this and, and talk in circles. I just, I really feel for Mike Norvell on that team. Uh, I don't know what else you can ask him to do. That's the point. They did everything they were asked to do, and it's not enough. And that simply means that the system doesn't work in the way that it's currently configured. Yeah. I don't know what else to say, KJ. Not really worth breaking down that game last night. (laughs) Well, there's nothing to break down. The defense did everything they needed to do. They rose to the occasion. Uh, there was creativity. They went to the to the uh, uh, the you know allowing Toafili and Benson to to run the, the Wildcat, whatever they call it. Um, occasionally threw the ball just enough to keep them honest. As you mentioned, uh, Keon was not healthy. Johnny didn't do much. Uh, Bell was not healthy. There wasn't a lot available in the passing game. So what they do? They modified, and and this is. I mean, I didn't look at the final stats, but the defense held Louisville to under 200 yards, and 46 of that came on one running play where where a backup safety took a bad angle. Um, you know, it, it, it goes back to that round and round and round we go. Uh, they did, this team did everything on the field that was asked of them. And that's why from a third time, and listeners can be mad at me if they want, you know, I hope you get to a bowl game. I hope you whip Georgia. I hope you have an undefeated season where everybody can say and point, look, that was a very, very special team that got snubbed. And 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 let's let's do everything within our power to make sure that never happens again. Yeah, I mentioned past history related to FSU. I mean, Auburn is a team that went unbeaten and got left out of the BCS back when Oklahoma and USC played for it. And uh, amazingly, I don't know if it's to Auburn's credit or not. They don't claim a national title there. That seems like a very SEC thing to do. I'm surprised Auburn doesn't have a banner up for that one, but I don't think they claim it in any way, shape, or form. Um, I just can't see how this Florida State team is going to get motivated to to play a bowl game. Well, uh, I, I I agree with you, but then I disagree with you. This 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 defense how 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 could this defense knowing that the offense had a third-team quarterback playing for it. How could the defense last night rise to the occasion and play at the level they played at if not but for the culture that Coach Norvell has instituted? I mean, the Florida State defensively need to say, needed to say to themselves, we might have to outscore Louisville in order to win this ballgame. And, and – in a couple of ways they may have. I don't envy Boo Corrigan, who was the chair of the selection committee, and I didn't watch his comments. He made them while we're talking. But, uh, you know, this is a Boo Corrigan quote. Florida State is a different team than it was the first 11 weeks. As you look at who they are as a team right now, without Jordan Travis, without the offensive dynamic he brings, they are a different team, and the committee voted Alabama 4 and Florida State 5, end quote. So he's just the mouthpiece on that. He's NC State's athletic director. NC State, by the way, is the team that switched its vote 
which allowed Cal and Stanford and SMU to get into the ACC. So NC State is now solely responsible for the ACC, including two teams in California, one in Texas. And uh, I don't know if Boo gets a vote or not. I honestly don't know if the chair just trots out there or if he has one vote in that room. But again, you can argue this anyway. If I was at Alabama, I'd make the case for them. If I was at Texas, I mean, Ohio State didn't even get brought up in this discussion, Keith. They had the same situation. They were even closer to beating Michigan than what Georgia was to beating Alabama. I mean, they were driving with the football across midfield and threw an interception, needing right. a touchdown to win. So, I mean, they were closer to winning their league, uh, and they weren't even in this discussion. 19 in a row, and you don't get to go play in the playoff. Shockingly, the SEC's won the past four national titles, Keith. Well, if you ensure that an SEC team is in and you cut others out of the loop, guess what? You're going to have a better chance to keep winning them. <laughs> I think we've hit a bad loop here, Tommy. Yeah, and you're doing better than I am on this one, KJ, so I hear you. <laughs> Are we going to give anybody uh, an award from Prime Meridian, the defense? I'm, I'm going to give it to the defense. You know, when we talk about – you know, one of the things that, that when I when I sat down and talked with John Baker, uh, who heads up marketing for Prime Rating at the beginning of the season, he said, KJ, I, I, I want to make sure that that your listeners understand that what Prime Meridian stands for isn't just the scoreboard, isn't just the win, isn't just the points, but it's how you you build your program on the football field and how we've built our bank. Uh, in terms of our associates and our team members and, and the products we offer and the things that we do. So uh, I'm going to couch it in the phrase that um, the, the, the most uh, interesting uh, development of last night was how Florida State's defense rose to the occasion. And it wasn't just one person, wasn't two people, wasn't just one segment. That entire defense when needed, was called upon and performed. And that's exactly what you get when you do business with Prime Meridian Bank. Uh, each one of their individual team members has the capacity to rise to the occasion when needed. Um, so hats off uh, to FSU's defense. Uh, hats off to Prime Meridian, a longtime sponsor of the program, uh, for what they do to help you and I and our little show. Um, two locations in Tallahassee, as I say always, uh, down in Crawfordville, down in Lakeland, visit them at uh, .com. Uh You'll be glad that you reached out to them, just like I was glad and very, very proud to watch both the defense of the offense and special teams perform last night, but particularly Florida State's defensive unit. They rose to the occasion. They really did, and I'll end the bad loop here, Keith, although I feel like uh, when we meet again and do our show in the middle of the week, it'll be uh, similar. <laughs> we'll just uh, be we've, more eloquent. Yeah, we've missed the uh, reaction from Mike Norvell and whatever else is out there right now, but uh, bottom line, nothing anybody says is going to change it right now. Uh, it is what it is, as they say, and it's not good for Florida State. Keith, I enjoy doing these shows. This one, not so much, but uh, we'll get together during the middle of the week. Sounds good, Tommy. All right, this is uh, Front Row Knowles. Hang in there, Knowles. We'll talk to you uh, midweek.